So welcome everybody to another What's Current podcast from NAPI. And today I'm joined by the legends of the industry from Electrical Safety First. I've got Dave Powell and Rich Harvey with me. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, Steve. You all right? Yeah. Did you want to have Steve. a good Christmas? Very good, thank you. Yeah, yeah not, not, to not, too much indul- not too much indulgence, I hope. Yeah, one or, two, one, one or two shandies, mate. You know how it goes. Oh, one or two good, shandies. Yeah. Yeah, one, or two cream, one or two cakes. <laughs> one or two cakes, yeah. So it's great to have you with us, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year to you both. Um, so just as a little start of a 10 then, so our listeners can just um, get to know who you guys are. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and your electrical journey. Obviously, we've known each other for a while, which our listeners won't know, but we've moved in similar circles, shall we say. So just tell us, who uh, you know, about your electrical journey. Uh, would you want to go first on that one, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, gosh, I started my electrical journey way back in 1990. Um, so I wanted to be a mechanic originally, but uh, my dad said, you ain't doing that because you'll have uh, dirty fingernails for the rest of your life. Uh, my dad is a, is a gas fitter, plumber, but, you know, being old school, he can kind of do anything. So he said, you're going to be an electrician, you are. So off we went and dropped me off at uh, my local college, um, which was uh, Garrett's Green way back in the day in Birmingham, since long gone now, and managed to get an apprenticeship with a local contractor. So I started that uh, in 1990, did a, a four-year apprenticeship, did a block release pattern at, at college, so it was a month on and a month off, that's how we did it back then. Um, did my aim too in 1995. Past that, I then stayed on uh, on day release at college to do my C certificate. Um, so I qualified in 95, but then I went back in 1997, did my 2391, and then just kept up with regulations and things over the years. I worked for a number of little local um, contractors for a while and then decided to set my own uh, approved contractor up with the NIC, worked for myself. For 10 years, 11 years or so, and then around 2014, 15, um, it became quite difficult chasing money all the time and it, it just became difficult. And an opportunity uh, came up to um, be a lecturer. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. I've had apprentices over time myself, always enjoyed passing knowledge on and stuff. Uh, and I got an interview at um, a college in uh, Wellingborough, Tresham College. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty good. So I got all the information through. Um, I had to go and do a, a, a um, PowerPoint and a, um, a little micro teach on putting a light in a loft. Yeah. And uh, I kind of panicked. And I, I remember ringing up the HR department and said, look, I'm an electrician. I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. You know, I don't know what PowerPoint is. I've never heard of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, she said, no, no, just you'll be OK. Google it and uh, just come anyway, because, you know, you've got nothing to lose, whatever. So anyway. I did exactly what she said, and a good friend of mine was a, a carpentry lecturer at a college in Birmingham, so he gave me a few ideas. So I kind of wrote down a few ideas on a on a bit of on a on the back of a, a crab tree socket box. I remember writing a few bits down. <laughs> Took a few props with me because I thought, well, how are you going to teach somebody how to wire a light in a loft in 15 minutes? You're never going to be able to do it. So I thought, well, you could you know you could talk about the health and safety implications about going into the loft for more than 15 minutes. Anyway, put a few bits together. I took some paper overalls and a few props and a safe isolation kit and a few things. Um, got to the college to do the interview and um, the level three learners were in at the time, which I didn't know. So I had to deliver it to like 20 of these kids. The lecturer from the workshop that, that was delivering 
the teaching to them, the bloody the workshop uh, technician and then the vice principal and head of quality and all that. Anyway, got the job and it was on a part time basis at the time. So I was doing two days at college and then I'll still be uh, still working for myself for three days. Come like the new year, um, the intake of learners was was getting so big that they offered me a full time job. But of course, the money's never great. So you might be fully qualified electrically, but you ain't got no quals in teaching. Mm, so yeah, they put me through my petals as it was then, which is like a, a level three introduction into teaching. And then they put me through my level five cert, which is my degree in teaching. So I spent two years doing that, did um, uh, assessing qualifications and uh, quality assurance and stuff. But because of how far away it was from my house, it was like 140 miles a day, you know, 90 quid a week in fuel. Still had the van then as well. Um, I kind of come away from that and got a, a job at a, a local training provider in Birmingham where I met Dave um, and I was um, tutor manager there. So I kind of managed seven or eight lecturers at the time, but I was teaching most mostly myself anyway. And I spent five years or so there. and um this job opportunity came up uh it was quite a long process about four or five different parts to the interview and all the rest of it and in the interim i took a job at a local college for a few months because my passion is with teaching and training and then this job came up um to be a, a electrical installation safety engineer with electrical safety first and i've always used their best practice guides within my own teaching over the years and referred to their guidance um knowing that it's it's Put together by a number of contributing organisations, one being NAPO, as you as you know, and NIC, and you know HSC, etc. Uh, and I thought, well, that opportunity is just too good not to not to go for. Um, and I started in April of last year. Uh, great to be working again with Dave uh, and and with Martin. Um, and it's been really uh, eye-opening. Um, and it's been nice to build on those relationships I've built up with people like yourself uh, and other you know, um, gods of the electrical industry. Um, and it's nice to be to be able to get involved um, and try and improve safety, whether it be EICRs or providing guidance where, you know, some of the regs is, is more difficult to understand. Um, so really, really enjoying it. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. So that's my little Fantastic. <laughs> wow. Uh, and it's interesting, Rich, Richard, uh, you know, that that is brilliant because that's almost a carbon copy of my situation. You know, I can see a lot of myself in those stories you tell. I remember that first micro teach yeah. and you think 15 minutes. I remember at mine, mine was at a college in the Midlands and uh, literally it was like after 15 minutes, so I was still going and we're like time and like literally right. called time. And you think, oh, no, I've completely messed this up. I'm never going to get the job. And it, it's nerve wracking to come off the tools and enter into those roles. But you, it you stick. It, it just proves, though, Richard, if you stick with it, you, you know, yeah. you get the rewards, don't you? That's right. And it's all the other stuff that goes with it, you know, like the safeguarding and equality and the other things you don't you don't necessarily have knowledge of that you have to have knowledge of, you know, professional standards and everything yeah. else. And dealing with 15, 20, 25 learners and they're not all the same. They're all at different abilities. Some of the challenging, some aren't. You know, it, it's a lot. It's not everyone can teach. It's very difficult. But, yeah, you know, yeah. what? What you do it for is to, to see those learners go on that journey, whether it be yeah. full time, full time learners or apprentices or whatever. Ultimately, I'm proud to get my gold card out and show them that and say, look, this wasn't achieved overnight. You know, this has yeah. been achieved yeah. over a number of years and you're still learning every single day, especially, at yeah. the moment, you know, so. 
Yeah, I, I think I think with uh, with us all coming from an education background, I think I uh, honestly believe this, and it sounds a little bit like a cliche. It's a noble profession because, not, yeah. like you say, not everyone's up for it, but you are passing on that knowledge to the next generation. Sure. As frustrating as that uh, that is, so Dave, is, is yours a similar journey? What what's your story getting yeah, into the trade and where you are now? Yeah, it's similar similar to Richard. Um, started at the Midlands Electricity Board, commonly known as the MEB in Warsaw. Oh, that's old school. Yeah, in uh, 1999. Uh, so was, that was when the apprenticeship was. Uh, I've worked all over the UK in all all different areas: industrial, commercial, renewables, hazardous area, uh, domestic. Um, been involved with design work for National Grid. Worked in the office, been on the tools, inspection and testing. Done all the quals I could possibly do. Um, had my own. CPS scheme registered business, had an apprentice. Um, yeah, went back doing renewables in 2012 to 2017. Uh, and then a, a job opportunity come up for uh, lecturing um, at the training provider where I work with Rich. Used to love helping people out on, on site and, and developing their learning. So I thought, why not? take that jump into doing it as a profession uh, I used to love doing what I did and then I, I moved from the training provider to a local college South Staffordshire College and I ran Cannock Campus uh, the electrical department there for five years um, teaching apprentices adult learners uh, full-time learners uh, got a load from it a, a, a massive learning curve as, as, as we were saying but the most challenging and rewarding job I think I've ever I've ever done. Um, and then opportunity to come up electrical safety first. Um, and, and again, same with Richard, always referred to the guides and whatnot. Um, and yeah, proud to be proud to be here and proud to be part of what we do, electrical safety first. So all good. I love that. I love the fact that you two sort of work together in a former life and then it's come full it's, circle and you're back to you're, you're like, you're like the, it's, you're it's the rise of the electrical industry. It's, it's madness because a year ago today, well, well, a year ago in January, I remember I was in B&Q because we just recently bought a new house and we just moved in. And I was just having a phone call, just catching up with Dave on the phone. Well, I, I remember because I was in yeah, B&Q. We've, we've always kept in touch. Oh, yeah, always, because you always share resources, don't you, over, you know, yeah. as you do. And um I remember walking around, putting my paint in the trolley and that, and, and Dave was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've left the college and I've got a job with uh, Electrical Safety First. Like, and I was like, oh, brilliant, you know, fair play and all the rest of it. Um, and at the time, we we would have both gone for the same interview, if that makes oh, sense. Wow. But you and didn't it transpired know. that when I had my interview, well, I was waiting to have mine. I was waiting downstairs in like a holding room. In, the, in this actual room. In, in this actual room we're in now. Dave, Dave <laughs> oh, was upstairs. Yeah. Dave was upstairs having his interview because he's run over slightly. So I was down here. But at the same time, Dave was upstairs. But we didn't know. We didn't Neither know. It was me. So That's crazy. So small world. You know, yeah. crazy really. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it's a pleasure to, to be working with Dave again because, you know, we've always kind of... Uh, aimed for more you know whatever we're we've on, done we're on the same page yeah. aren't we we, we think yeah like that. for sure that's amazing that, standards and safety yeah yeah 
that comes across of both what you've said there is that you know the the background of being on the tools and going into education you're always striving to see what's next and that's really encouraging to see that people coming through isn't it because i think from my own journey i always thought I'll be a spark for the rest of my life. And that's what I'll do till I'm carried out in a box. But you don't realise what's around the corner until you take a punt on it, do you? Exactly. you just exactly. don't know. And it, it's mad. I, certain things like fall into place. And when I got that lecturing job, um, obviously I wasn't a lecturer. I was mentored. And my mentor, and I remember him bowling in on the first day, was Gary Hayes. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gary, another legend. I, you know, so <laughs> my introduction into teaching was working with Gary Hayes. And that's then, fantastic. you know, when I left, that college after three and a half years or so Gary started to record some videos via GSH yeah, and he was talking right, yeah. about eFix then that oh, there was wow. a concept yeah. and uh, I kind of left that and come away from it and then look where he's at now oh but, Gary's done wonders Gary's done wonders for the industry that's yeah. the kind of you know, the content he puts yeah. out like, he's, he's absolutely amazing small world you know it is a small world it is <laughs> in, in our world um so now you're both at E, um, electrical safety first so for those that don't know uh, tell our listeners a bit about what is the concept of electrical safety first what do they do what's the what's the messages they watch obviously it's safety in the title so I, I presume safety is the first thing that's the main element yeah so electrical safety first they're, they're a non-profit uh, charity and they were formed actually in uh, 1956 but originally they were called the, uh, the electrical safety council yeah and um, you might see them certainly with some of the old publications produced by the NRC and, and other organisations like that, where they were contributors towards or even produced a lot of their um, guidance and, and um, books and things like that. But of course, we, we exist, obviously, to, to prevent deaths, really, injuries and, and damage that can be caused by electricity. Um, you know, we're recognised as the expert voice in electrical safety. We secure regular uh, comments and coverage in national, regional and, and specialist media, We've done a lot of stuff. Certainly last year, the products uh, safety side of it with battery fires and things like that. We've also got um, a legislation team, which we lobby uh, consistently with the government for change. You know, for example, we brought about the uh, requirement for five year uh, EICRs, you know, the PRS scheme. You know, we were actively yeah. pushing that. Yeah. And then obviously, going off of what Richard just said, we look at product safety as well. Uh, we campaign for UK government to regulate online marketplaces, so you've got the same level of protection if you were buying from a from a store. Um, you, Richard mentioned the battery breakdown report that you, you may have seen of exploding batteries um, uh, and warning people of the dangers of charging e-bikes and e-scooters in the home, which is obviously really, you know really 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 dangerous. Sucker. If the faulty equipment's like a firework going off in in your house, mm. so we've got a legislation team, our product team, and we've got our installation team, which is where me and Richard come in. Um, you know, it's vitally just as vitally as important. Um, we are electrical installation safety engineers. That's our sort of job titles. Um, our roles are to provide information and guidance to general public contractors. And we, we can do this through our inquiries, our best practice guides, which are totally free. So everything we do is is, is free. So all these the battery breakdown report, uh, best practice guides, anything we, we do, we're a non-profit charity, it's all free publications. And we've got various sort of social media campaigns as well. Uh, we have Fire Safety Week just before Christmas. 
Um, we've had don't be electric. We've had the, the battery breakdown. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled for some more bits and bobs from myself and, and Rich as well, some video content. Oh, we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And I, I said Malcolm and Wise earlier. I should have gone for Anton Deck, shouldn't I? I? I need to move it into at least modern times. Um, and I t- I t- just talking about th- that, Dave, um, the, the e-scooter thing I saw, um, some, some of the stuff that you've got out there on social media is fantastic. You know, that awareness, because like you said, if you can buy some of this spurious stuff off the Internet, with you know no CE mark, it's not a, got a British or a European norm associated with it. That's really dangerous because if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, isn't it? And it's going to cause grief in the long run. Yeah, that's the thing. If it if it's if it's that cheap, you think well, I can make it for that money. Then there's there's obviously a reason, isn't there? There's there's shortcuts to do with safety. You can't unfortunately you can't put price on on life, can you? So it's no. it's, it's not worth the risk with these uh, certain things and shortcuts and products and. You know, yeah, there's, there's uh, a, a lot of things to consider. Do you know the one that's worrying me at the minute? Have you seen these body warmers now that have got all the wires in them where you can heat up a body yeah. warmer? They, right, they get, right, they, right yeah. next to your organs. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just thinking, yeah. oh, no, this this doesn't seem like a good... I remember electric blankets when I was a kid, you know, and that those were a cause of a few incidents back in the day. But anyway, we are in a world of electrification, so we'll go with it as long as it's safe. <laughs> Keeps us all in a job, I suppose. But, yeah, <laughs> thanks for that, guys. And, and as you both mentioned, obviously, uh, collectively, even the three of us, you know, we've been in the industry for a fair while, uh, you know, seems a while back since we all did our apprenticeships. Um, you've been involved in an installation, been on the training. What do you see sort of if, if we look back, you know, years gone by and, and up to modern times, what do you see as the main pitfalls in safety? Is there some really ones that you see sticking out when you're sort of doing your research yeah. into this kind of stuff? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of it with complacency, I, I think, and a, mm-hmm. a sort of monkey see, monkey do approach, and that oh, that's how we've always done it, so that must be right. And you know, someone yeah. someone's started somewhere and they've been shown something, and then they've shown someone else how to do something, and along the way, the the vital aspects of safety have, have gone missing, or yeah, or the, really you dead. know the the, the the high standards were, that, that were there initially have slowly filtered down and it and it's uh, you know so it comes down to competence it comes down to education um you know we've we've got as you mentioned the electrification of of the of the world really um and it's people we need people to upskill and, and develop the knowledge and keep up to date with the technology and that's the beauty of the industry that we work in it, it, it's constantly changing it's constantly evolving but it does keep it interesting because you've got to keep up to date with you know technology changing the products the regulations um but the the other issues that we find is um people having relevant experience in their areas of specialism so yeah for instance if someone's conducting an eicr and say that they've only done domestic environments, it's pointless putting them in an industrial environment or a commercial environment, because as we know, it's totally, it's totally mm. different. So I think there's a, there's a lot of scope for, you know, upskilling and, and passing on some knowledge and even, even spending some time with people who are competent in that area just to sort of bring people up to speed rather than just dropping people in there in the in the deep end um yeah one, one positive thing though 
um, that we've seen recently is the change to the entry requirements for qualifications. Yes. So, yeah. You know, this electrician it, plus kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a few yeah. years ago, you could, if you're willing to pay them, I could be a gardener and I want to go under my 18th edition and I could just pay the pay the money or whatever course it was. Whereas now, certain courses, you've got to have certain qualifications already to be able to, you know, be on that course. So there's, there's some positive steps, you know, we're going in the right direction with things, definitely. And more, more yeah. needs to be done because the, the, the qualifications themselves need to be relevant still. And I know that um, certainly with the AL, our, our good friend Kevin, Kevin Sparrow is, is always updating the calls to, you know, reflect the changes in, you know, legislation or requirements of the regs and things like that. But as Dave quite rightly says, the calls also need to have that minimum entry criteria because, for instance, you know, I've delivered 2391 and Dave has, and you probably have yourself. But certainly when I did it way back in 1997, you wasn't allowed to do it unless you could evidence at least two years experience carrying out inspection and testing. And you had to mm. have, you know, a declaration signed by your employer to say you were suitable for it. You couldn't just go and pay your money and do it. And this yeah. is the problem. I know that, you know, certainly with City and Girls, uh, the REV courses, the new ones, you know, there is a requirement that you are MBQ3, you know, AM2 and yeah. gold card, but that isn't a requirement for 2391. Um, and it should be yeah. because yeah. a lot of people think, well, I've, I've, you know, in fair play, I've spent a £1,000 on a course and I've got my certificate and I've spent two hours on a simulated, you know, installation and I know how to inspect and test. But actually, you don't. Yeah. And, no. and, you know, a lot of our inquiries are through ordinary people, the recipient of a of a report that's not clear exactly what the report covers, you know, what they need to do, what a C2 means. Is it actually a C2 to start with, et cetera? And mm. a lot of that is because the inspector that's carried out that inspection and test isn't sufficiently experienced to be doing it. You know, they're not familiar with older types no. of rich gear. It's not their fault. They just haven't had... Yeah. That experience, they haven't been mentored, they haven't had that, you know, they've gone and done a course and they're out there doing it now. Yeah, and this yeah. Is it's like problem. you say, if you don't know, you don't know, don't you? But no, you, know, no. you could always, like like Dave, you said, I think you've hit the nail on the head, both of you really. It is about that competence and, it, and it's human error really that we're seeing the most safety issues in. Yep. It's not necessarily always the fault of the bit of kit, it's how oh. the, it's installed. Yeah. And yeah. testing is a massive part of that. I remember, you're quite right, Richard, I remember the 2391 when I did mine many years ago back in um at Sutton Colford at an Erdington campus and I went there and the, literally you you took the exam and you yeah. went on the rig you didn't have any teaching uh, but now we seem to set, that, sit everyone in a classroom for five days to get them through a, a qual um, yeah I mean, that's the, point. the other end you're getting them through something yeah that's the point you know yeah. I, it's it's easy to to say something should be better and could be better but of course we need to find collectively solutions to that you know yeah uh, I think I'm just going to say I think with, with, from my experience that I've seen and, and worked with a lot of people that they know the way around the test meter, you know they can perform the range of tests practically, but they can't they can't take on board what the results mean. They can't yeah. really follow the results. They don't know whether yeah. it's good, it's bad, and I think that's that that tends to be the issue with the with some of the people that attend the courses. They just assume that. They can have no experience. They can scrape through the course and then just start doing it, but you can't. I mean, I had I had at least a couple of years with a inspector, test engineer, assisting, 
him going through the test, going through comparing results, even typing up the results on on the certification software and things like that before I went in and did my 2391. And I think that's how it should be, really. You can't just sort of do the qual and then just chuck it into the deep end. Yeah, yeah. The right, the right way around, Dave, really, isn't it? You're saying, the right like, way. get the, yeah, get the exactly. experience, learn under someone. Yeah. And, and, th- and then when you're ready, then put you in. I think we have got it mixed up. You're quite right. But I think your point on it is moving in the right direction because people yeah. are passionate about seeing the industry safer. Uh, moving on then, so obviously, you know, you guys at Electrical Safety First, uh, us guys at NAPIT, other organisations, if we're going to get that message out there that we want that competence and, you know, the education to be better and, and safety in general, like your organisation, for instance, said it's for the public, it's for installers, designers, it covers all people, really. Well, how do we get that out there? How, what's the what's the medium we get that out for? Is, is it just let's pump it in social media or you know things like this podcast it, it, sometimes it's hard isn't it to get that message out there it is but you've got to look at what the trends are currently because how we used to do things back in the day isn't how things are done these days and you need to have mm. a good comms team and that and luckily we've got a really good comms team here yeah. that understand you know what's trending and how we get it across and it's a bit of a learning curve for me and Dave because we've had some media training but we are keen on producing some videos we've we've done one recently on gs38 so just explaining you know mm. what you should consider within gs38 now you apply that to your test equipment probes leads and things like that we've also partially recorded some safe isolation videos Fantastic. Um, we, haven't, we haven't finished editing we've got to do that but some of the stuff and i you know i can't keep up with you know what's the best thing or the best platform to do it but at the moment tiktok and and instagram they're huge but it's no good putting a 20-minute video on TikTok because that's not what it is. So no. with the comms theme and stuff, then it might be some little short snippet bits to get people interested, which will then lead them back to the website or, you know, maybe have a QR code link to it, which will then, you know, give them uh, a link to the best practice guides or maybe the RAG or other useful yeah. resources. And the more that we can do collectively, you know, by visiting colleges and events, we're, we're glad to be back at LX. Um, at, uh, at the end of uh, February, yeah. Um, yeah. which would be great. You're, you're going to be there yourselves. And See you there, boys. Yeah. Between us yeah. and yourselves and us and NRC and whoever. We visited uh, visited a couple of colleges last year. We teamed up with Ethics and Gas and we did some general awareness and a bit of a talk mm. on safe isolation and stuff yeah. like that and offering support there. I think the more we can do, and, and everything that we do is free. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and, and show them where... Uh, and how easily accessible it is uh, and remind everyone that you know the guides are put together by a number of organizations um, and everything that goes into the guides um, is a long process um, and you know I'm pretty sure Dave will talk to us about the process of putting a guide together. Yeah I mean it's it's like Rick said there's no sort of finite answer for this there's we've got that many uh, ways of getting information to people available to us whether it's social media whether it's best practice guides whether it's something you know in, in the news and on the radio because we do a lot on that as well um mm. you know the last few months a lot of it's centered around product safety but obviously we've had we've had stuff previously on eicrs and the prs as well i mean you know we've mentioned best practice guides there's an absolute gold mine of information 
uh, on our website as well, which is developed by our RAG group, which is our Warring Regulation Advisory Group, of which uh, maybe yeah. part of. Um, and that's something that people aren't, aren't aware of at the moment. We're, gonna, we're, we're sort of developing the website as we speak. So when the new one's there, it's hopefully going to be signposted a bit more. But we've got a wealth of information there, um, freely available to anyone that's been developed by not just us, but, you know, multiple organisations within industry, the big hitters, um, yeah. you know. Um, so we've got all this information. We've got the guides. We've got videos. We've got social media platforms. We've got events that we're going to. Obviously, we're working with everyone, all the other organisations in industry to try and work together and come to, you know, providing relevant technical uh, and safety information. So, all, yeah, all that's, that's yeah. a really comprehensive answer from both of you. And, and I, I know I've benefited massively from being part of, of the RAG because actually getting those big hitters in the room and probably our listeners don't realise a lot of what goes into formulating those best patches guys oh, and getting a yeah. consensus out there it's massive i mean i know for you dave as chair yeah <laughs> you know it's like herding cats isn't it you know with yeah, all yeah, this it, well i think there should be a full stop there <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's fun it, it's fantastic in what we do and i, I do enjoy yeah. those meetings but i mean sometimes things do have to take time we can't just put stuff out there no. you know really, no, really. Course, yeah. um but yeah it does it does take time um, it, it, it is a process isn't it and it should be a yeah. carefully thought out process I mean I joke yeah. about that but actually to get something right because if you're putting that information out there whatever medium yeah. it's got to be correct information yeah. and, and as you guys know there's plenty of stuff on the internet that you can access on YouTube whatever it may be where yeah. people are putting together videos and you just think wow if you really just said that you know when you've yeah. got it may have a subscription of 11,000 views but actually to me that's dangerous rhetoric when it's misinformation yeah. as is as is all based on regulations and standards isn't it what we exactly yeah, yeah. and I, th yeah. I think the other thing is is any information that we put out from an organization is has been agreed with all these all the other yeah. organizations so it's not just it isn't just our my view richard view electrical safety first view it, it's everyone combined so it adds real weight to everything that we do yeah. you know it's not it's the same with the safe isolation procedure that we've got in best practice guide too everyone on that second page has agreed to that procedure everyone yeah. so it's not mm. just one that i prefer or rich prefers everyone has agreed to that set procedure so that's what everyone should be everyone should be doing yeah but to get to that point that procedure would have been detailed down and dave would have sent that out then to all of those organizations for comment that might have yeah. come back then because somebody might have said well as you you know something simple mm. as that needs a, a full stop there or whatever or we could have had a conversation that could have gone forwards and backwards for a number of weeks where let's say that we're going to say identify point of isolation first and then ask permission second we could have had a discussion about which way yeah. around there should have been that might have took you know a number of of uh, meetings. And, of, of yeah. meetings to discuss that so once they're yeah. together and they're released and available that could have took you know a number of weeks to, to put it together so it is best practice because everyone's agreed to it yeah and that, that's the important yeah. thing it's not just what i think or what dave thinks we've all collectively come together so nobody can really argue and that's important yeah. and we're the only organization that have a platform for organizations to be able to do that well, well you know together. Yeah. exactly yeah. and that's so important the same as rag and rag is yeah. for 
where you might have cross you might have come across something on site or within your design that's not clear within the regs because the regs is a complicated book of course that yeah. as you know that doesn't always tell us in black and white and then sometimes we need you know sensible a sensible approach or guidance to something that's not quite clear and that's why i find rag really interesting and i, I love being part of that because as you quite Same. like to say to mm. me it's, it's all it's all the you know the the big clever heads within the industry from the IET to NAPIT to select to yeah. HSC to everyone yeah. that come together to formulate sensible approaches and answers to some of the questions that Sparks don't know the answers to even I don't so it's really yeah. interesting and uh, it's good you know we've also got our working groups that we run again within EICRs uh, within you know general safety issues um, mm. we've always got these other little groups that again yourselves and other organizations are part of so we're the only organization yeah. really that facilitate and our main aim is to make sure or ensure everything's as safe as it can be yeah and i think you you've you, i agree with you entirely richard it's quite refreshing that people probably don't know that organizations like ourselves work together don't they we do right. collectively come together it's not it's not about opinion it's about getting the right message yeah. out there oh that's brilliant um i suppose just to wrap it up really i suppose before we sort of get more information and learn uh, where we can get more information about yourselves is we know the world of sparking is changing we've talked about our install days you know i spent a lot of time maybe in big stuff uh, in my apprenticeship which was commercial industrial hospital schools all ladder rack and big armoreds and then i did it the other way i went into sort of domestic to the second half of my um career on the tools you know it was basic sockets and lighting guys it was like you know it was two at one stage you know it was ring mains it was it was sorry ring final circuit emotion eaters yeah it was y plans s plans that's what it and was, that was as complex as it got and now we're yeah. in the world of ev charging smart homes storage yeah. pv's yeah. meta meta comeback i mean yeah. for us guys as being in those positions you just talked about how important is it for us to educate ourselves we might not be installing it anymore but we need to keep up to date that's that's true and recently myself and richard we attended a, a pv course that's right yeah it's something that i worked on years ago but d didn't never went through and did the the qualification for it yeah. Um, so because we're in the process of de developing a, a guide or update one of our existing guides around PV, we chose ourselves to, to go and do the QA uh, to Fair keep play. up to date yeah. with, with standards. We've, we've got to, ourselves and the, the people in the industry, we've got to embrace change and we've got yeah. to be prepared to, you know, go back and do some form of training, develop your CPD. I mean, we... Although we do what we do, we attend a lot of seminars and, and do a lot of CPD. You know, it might be on a on a particular protective device, and we'll we'll get the mm. CPD certificate at the end. We 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 have to keep that. I'd encourage everyone everyone to do that as well. It's it's yeah, it's crucial. And because of where we sit within industry, you know, we have the opportunity to go out with uh, NRC, IC area engineers as well. So it's crucial that we we keep up to date with what's going on in industry yeah. that's so important yeah um, and we we've been out a couple of times to see our good friend mark allison from apprentice one-to-one -one on a couple of his sites oh yeah mark, mark's one of our members yeah. uh and we you know we've we've had opportunity as well to go and visit some of dave's previous employers because they do big solar farms and things like that um yeah. moving forward 
be nice to have a conversation with yourself and uh, if possible, go out on a, on a couple of uh, couple of NAPIT assessments and things just to, to get a feel of, yeah. of the assessment process, you know, how the contractor feels, where their knowledge is at. And that then gives us an idea of what direction that we may need to go in. In our guidance, yeah. what, what else can we produce yeah. that might help all yeah. Yeah. collectively work together again, maybe to do another podcast or a webinar with yourselves? You know, we do yeah. webinars with the NIC. We've got a, a wire webinar coming up um, very shortly with them. But we're keen to do that with, with everyone. If it helps, that's what we're here for at the end of yeah. the day. We're, we're yeah. here to collaborate, not not to isolate anyone, if that makes sense. Uh, you did, a, you did an electrical <laughs> pun then, Dave, without even realising. For the people in industry, you know, with regards to CPD, it's never been easier. Um, right. You can do stuff in your own time. Yeah. You know, you can, you can do it after work. You can print your CPD certificates off, you know, and... It all it tends to be free, doesn't it? So I don't think there's 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 any excuse really. There isn't something like that when we were back exactly back in college and our no, apprenticeship. I've still got my old CITB blue working yeah. skills books and all that, you know. But now with Efix and yourselves uh, and obviously the NIC and us producing webinars and podcasts and things like that, there's just no excuses there. If you don't want to watch no. something, you can you can sit on the train and listen to this podcast. Yeah, you know, exactly. and and gain gain knowledge and information. Uh, and with yeah, the yeah. LX and think it's good. Yeah, you're quite right. And I think a good one you mentioned there, Richard, for me was what about the installers? Because we can sit in our ivory towers and get as many certificates as we can collect possibly. But yep. like going with installers like Mark, uh, you know, out with your inspection team, yeah. that is gold yeah. dust, isn't it, Massive. for us to see what's yeah. actually happening? Just to keep in, keep in touch with industry. We don't want to become detached from reality. We want to we want to know what are the issues people are having on site. What is the regard that we haven't got? that we could put into development to help people understand things a bit more, break the regulations down in, in a bit more easy to digest sort of language, you know. Yeah. So. And, and that's especially true within part seven, isn't it? Because yes. yeah. you've got to consider parts one to six, of course, the general requirements, but then you've also got to consider the extra bits that may be in part seven. And that's, a, you know, there's a lot of things I learned from, from that solar PV course that, you can't apply your design or start your design until you've considered what's in 712 because some of that is yeah. fundamental yeah. before you and the relationship between 712 uh, and 551 because ultimately it's a generator <laughs> yeah but you know it's there's so many considerations you've got to consider um yeah and, and there's there's not a single guide out there that that it's got everything in you know so no and, no, and some no there's not you're right they don't learn from reading a book. You know, they learn from – there's other forms of learning as well. Yeah, like, like you said. Don't they? Yeah, yeah, podcasts, we yeah, yeah. We all know there's different mediums to get that message across. Um, so finally then, guys, just um, just as as we're looking at closing here, what if I want to know more information about yourselves? Is it just simply get on the website, see what you do, have a mooch around the website to see about yes. the RAG and these questions and stuff? Yeah, so go on the website, so electricalsafetyfirst.org.uk. Uh, professional resources is if you want to know more information on the installation side, which is what we look after, best practice guide, RAG, things like that. Obviously, there's a whole host of stuff on the product safety the social media platforms we're on x which is obviously formerly twitter instagram linkedin youtube um we've got our own sort of area for our installation videos where you'll find our video content at gs38 keep an eye out for some 
future videos from myself and, and Richard. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to see the new Anton Decker, the electrical industry. Uh, and, and Dave, just, just on that one, all the best Patrick Guy, uh, every, all the resources, like you said, free free for everybody to yeah, download. Yeah, because yeah, we, we are what we are and a non-profit charity. Everything that we put out, it's all free. There's no hidden costs. There's no hidden trials. There's no put you put you details in and we'll charge you in three months time it's all totally free that is fantastic if, if, you, if you get the opportunity to pop down and see us at alex at uh, alexandra palace we do have and we will have some printed copies of some of the more popular best practice guides yeah. so two safe isolation for okay. coding classification and 10 which is our brand new guide on minimum specifications for ecr yeah me and dad will be there and yeah. we'll, we'll be presenting a um we've got a, a technical seminar Few um, slots on the seminars. Few slots, yeah. and, but we'll be on the stand, so by all means, we'll yeah, look forward to it. I'll yeah. be down there, so we'll have to meet up for a bit of dinner and maybe a few liveness. How's that saying? Maybe we'll have a shandag, maybe. <laughs> so look forward, look forward it, to it. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed today because obviously, you know, just to chat Sparky and stuff like this and, and influence the industry right. is just fantastic for us all. So, really, thanks a lot for agreeing to do today's yeah, podcast. Pleasure, pleasure, man. No problems. All right. Thanks for listening then, guys. I hope you've enjoyed that. A lot of information there, but get on the website, have a look. Electrical Safety First. These are good guys that are passionate about the industry, collaborating with organisations like ourselves. So, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye for now. Cheers, guys. Bye.